0: Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, and also your host. Welcome back to The Francisca Show. If this is your first time, welcome. I just have a few quick announcements I'd love to share with you. First of all, I had the most amazing week Talking with so many women and men out there who reached out after listening to last week's episode. I mean, what's the deal? Why do we need to have some chaliner for you to reach out to me? But okay, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. And I love, love, love when you reach out. I probably mentioned that we ran this giveaway on Instagram about two weeks ago. And I wanted to share with you the words of our winner. She said, quote, this has been the most amazing experience. Hodul Hashem. I've never won a giveaway before and never thought that I would, but I entered because why not? On Mose Shabbat, I felt a bit down that we didn't make plans for babysitters, so we couldn't go out. And I opened Insta and saw a friend of mine message me. Now I know these giveaways are real. Congrats. I didn't know what she was talking about. I looked a bit more and saw that I won. I was so surprised, shocked, and excited. Can't describe the emotions. Thank God I was able to share these gifts with lots of different people, a nursing mom, a bat mitzvah girl, my little sister, my mother-in-law, my mom, and some cousins and friends. Some brands were even more excited than I was when I reached out to them to tell them that I won, which made me feel like I'm receiving gifts from really amazing women out there. It made me feel dedicated and follow their feeds and stories even more. Thank you for this opportunity. It has been amazing. End quote that that was great and one more thing i'd like to thank one of our sponsors shop drop as the holiday season ramps up so do the best sample sales sample sales are offline events in new york where you can score designer clothes for up to 90 percent off retail so as we're nearing hanukkah in the next two weeks makash codes sam codes bonobos Sachin and bobby lula johnson are having sample sales so get yourself over to new york after this podcast, of course, and go shopping. Download the ShopDrop app today. That's shopdropapp.com. And make sure to mention the Francisco Show when you're shopping at the sale. Thanks for your patience, and here's the show. Welcome back to the Francisco Show, everyone. Today, we have with us singer, songwriter, composer Imbar Tabib from Israel. It is actually the middle of the night for you right now. <laughs> Welcome to the show in bar. It's such an honor to have you.
1: I'm so excited to be here. And you know, these hours, we usually finish our show. So we're filled with the adrenaline. So it's 2.30 in the morning, but we're filled with adrenaline and excited to be on your show
0: just before we get started you just came back from a show just like you did last week and you sound very very active on the scene tell me what's going on
1: <laughs> well there's all kinds of shows you know um they're like bigger concert shows and there are the smallest smaller shows like musical Afrashot chala, chala baking events and you know bat mitzvot and um we also have something that i don't know how if it's well known in in the states but we have uh it's called Erev Kala. it's like a bridal shower but actually um we receive the the bride from the mikveh um, a day or two days before her wedding and we have a khina, and we have a big party and we do also for Shat So, and then there are the other shows, which are like conventions and um, and bigger shows. We had now for Racheli uh, Menu Hilulat Racheli Menu. So, um, it's various shows that uh, you could be one day here and one day there, and you're actually not going to be doing the same thing every day. So that's what's fun about it. Um, it could be one day that I perform with uh, musicians and the other day, you know, I could be like in a small home. So, so it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, you never get bored of what you do.
0: (laughs) So let's just go back a little bit. Tell us what your upbringing was like, your passion and love for the arts and music. How did it all begin for you?
1: Well, Ever since I can remember myself, I've been singing as a little girl. Um, My parents told me that when I was like two or three, I used to get up on the coffee table and uh, start performing for all their friends who used to come. And um, basically when I was like around four or five, um, we used to come for Shabbat to my grandparents' home. And my grandfather, who is... uh, who was born in Yemen, my father was also born in Yemen, is a mishorer, which is like chazan, or it's a it's a singer, but they sing, you know, songs of Dusha. And um, I used to come for Shabbat, and after we used to have the Shabbat meal in Kiddush, um, my grandfather used to bring out a songbook that's called Diwan. And uh, after the meal, just like we sing Shabbat Zmirot, He used to sing songs from this D1, from this uh, songbook, and as a little girl, I used to sit down on the Shabbat table and just watch and hear my grandfather sing, and he had such a beautiful voice, and I think that was the first uh, time I actually said, wow, wow. You know, I I love hearing this music, and at home my parents used to listen to all kinds of uh, of music, not just religious music. My father heard the Beatles and uh, the Richards and all all sorts of music, and also Israeli singers um, like Ofra Haza and Yoram Gaon. So. I came from a very mixed home musical-wise, so it
0: began there, and I think I think I took it from there for
1: my love of music.
0: So did you have any proper music lessons or education, or was it winging it
1: <laughs> it was just inherited because <laughs> my great-grandfather was also into he was also a in Yemen so I think it was um inherited I never actually studied or learned it professionally um but you know it just comes from the soul and heart. I don't know. You can actually get more professional by learning it, but I think it was just inherited and just my love of singing. That's what makes the singing so, so impressive because it comes from the heart and soul.
0: Your passion is clear and so explicit here. And I see you're sitting here in your music studio. So Take us through what happened to get you to where you are now in terms of your skills that you acquired over the time.
1: Well, at the age of five, I was born in Israel, but at the age of five, my father was uh, sent. um, He received a scholarship to uh, finish his PhD in the University of Chicago. So uh, we left Israel and we moved to the States. And at the age of 18, I came back to Israel to serve in the army. And my parents actually stayed there. And on one of uh, our family occasions, I just uh, uh, sang a song. um, And this songwriter and producer actually heard me. And I was right before, and he told me I'm gonna have a duet song and I'm working on a CD. And would you like to come and record the duet song? And I told him, of course, you know, like for an 18 year old. I sang in school and everything in the plays, and but I didn't know how to actually start a career professionally. I was thinking of going in the army and to be in the army band. It came before I actually served in the army. So we started like collaborating and we re- recorded together and he saw the potential and he was thinking of producing an album for me which would go international because he was also from the States but he was like trying his luck in uh, in Israel. So at that time I was starting my way and we really started looking up for all kinds of songs uh, to see how we can combine Hebrew, English and some authentic uh, you know, spices to actually insert in, in the songs. I actually went to the army and I put that aside. I was an officer in the army. And then I actually became an LL flight attendant after I left the army. So like, I always like put it aside. And um, and then when I was starting to get serious about producing this album, I actually became a balachuva. I come from uh, an Orthodox, tra- traditional Orthodox home. But when I came to Israel, I got like far a bit far away from keeping fulfilling the mitzvot and um at that time like at around 23 24 I uh, decided that I'm actually becoming a balachuva and that I can't go through with this because it's against the halacha to sing and produce this album and it was really really hard for me but you know I decided to put it aside at that time And Baruch Hashem, I got married and um, I had a family and I worked uh, in the cosmetics area. And then like after I gave birth to my third child, um, something started like burning inside and I started missing the singing and the music. And I started noticing that there are like shows for women in Israel and they perform for women only. And... And one of the, um, one of the occasions in the city where I live in El ad there was a competition for women singers only. And I told my husband, well, what do you think? Should I go? Should I audition? He's like, of course you should go. You know, you could actually sing and come back and do what you love to do. And I competed in this all women's competition, singing competition. And I came into second place. It was amazing to hear the women who also like gave me such great feedbacks that gave me the actual push to start producing an album for women, and um, that's where I actually started. <laughs> you know, they have like the voice and they have a uh, got talent and all that. So we had like a from women's contest, and who ran that? It was another singer, another singer, an Israeli singer, also an all womens Israeli singer, who put this, um, it was like a show with a competition together. Her name is Liat, Liat Pesach. It was a great stage for a few of us who are actually, that's what we're doing nowadays. A few singers came out from that competition. I started working on the first album. I said, well, I'm going to try my luck. If it's gonna work, it's gonna work. And if it's not, then, well, at least I feel that I've done something with the singing part, you know, because because of the halacha, we really don't have the space to actually uh, put out our music. Um, so it was a great stage to actually perform on. And um, that's when I decided that I'm gonna try my luck and I'm gonna do my best on producing the first CD. And um, my first CD and all my CDs have songs that I have uh, written and composed and also cover songs. I have uh, um, my friend who's also my work partner. Her name is Einav Yahav. She's also uh, my producer and uh, my music producer, and she also performs with me. So um, we started working on the two other CDs also. And uh, we've been performing ever since then, and it's great and it's fun. There are some hard times at sometimes, but um, I think when you do what you when you do what you love, then it gives you the strength to overgo all these like hardships in the way.
0: So let's talk about those hardships. I'd like to hear: are they related to financial stuff and feeling like you're not? Getting paid for what you're worth or your time, or are there other things involved as well?
1: Well, um, I think that, um, the women's um field get yeah, and market gets paid a lot less than the male uh singers from male singers uh receive for each show, and um. And it's hard because, you know, on on one hand, you are uh, actually, you have a family and you have to make money from what you're doing. Um, But like, on the other hand, you feel that, you know, I'm not less than any of the male singers, you know, professionally. And why is it that way? I understand that we do perform for half of, you know, the crowd, but still, um, the hardships can be money-wise, but um I think the most um, the the hardest time I went through was like in the past three years, when I started noticing that um, female from singers are actually putting out their music on the media. And when I first started, um when I asked the rabbi, when I produced the first CD, Uh, because every step I make, I always, you know, ask the rabbi for, you know, for his assurance and what's the halacha about that. And he told me, Invar, you know, put out your CDs, but they can't be like on radio and they can't be on media. Um, You can always only sell your CDs on your performances when you see that actually women purchase them or um, like telephone wise, if they call and you hear it's a woman then then she can purchase the CDs. And, you know, so it was very hard putting out the music because if that one woman didn't know who I am and did not come to my show, then how can she hear me? Like I didn't have a platform to actually put out my music. And then um, I started researching the halacha and uh, for like three years, um, I've been checking it out, like you know, asking rabbis and and searching books, actually, really reading the the halacha from all kinds of places. And and then I decided to write mails to like a few a few rabbis to hear different you know directions of of, of the halacha. And um, it was just like about six months ago that uh, I actually got the heter to put out my music on on YouTube and on media, but it also had its own restrictions, which actually um, the rabbi said that you could put it out, but don't put a picture of yourself, and um, you should write kolisha or shirat nashim, so there are still restrictions, but now it's a bit easier because I can put my music out there and women around the world can actually hear the music even if they don't come to my shows. So so that's been like a big light in my life uh, the past uh, half year. So I'm actually working on slowly, slowly putting up uh, my my songs and so there are sometimes, you know hard hardships, but sometimes you know you 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 understand that this is the way this is this is the um the way you chose to live your life and uh, you also have to be a role model because if you perform like in front of uh, teenage girls on seminars and all kinds of um religious high schools and you have to be a role model for them. And uh, that's also for my children, of course, for my daughters and, and so on. So, um, so it's been, it's been a good experience now and I'm very happy with it. And, uh, um, as soon as I got the Heter, then I put out my new single, which is called Yahalom which is in English diamond. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, actually, It was a big message to all kinds of uh, girls or women, Jewish women, um, to know that their neshama is a diamond. And sometimes, you know, we fall into places where, you know, we have all kinds of hardships and we fall into different places. But um, the, the big message is that each and every one, each woman, each girl, each Jewish girl is the daughter of Hashem, and just like a diamond, when it falls into a bit of mud and it gets a little dirty, does not actually, um, uh, its value isn't reduced, then also our neshamot sometimes fall into little dirty places or sometimes fall into the mud. But we should know that when we clean it up and when we actually do tshuvah when we get closer to Hashem, then... Our value still stays as bnot melech, as the daughters of Hashem. So that's a song that's really, um, really inspired lots of women and girls, and uh, it's to bring my message out to Jewish women and girls all over the world, that they should actually remember how Hashem is so proud of them. And um, to keep going this way, to keep going this way, it's really hard um, with what I see. Lots of girls and lots of uh, women actually, you know, have such great talents, but they're like, what am I going to do with it? Because the halacha doesn't actually allow us to do what I really would have wanted to do with my talents.
0: You said a few times the word heter. Have you listened to the podcast? Mm-hmm. And did you hear the one on Kolisha where we had Rabbi Ska and Tali Rosenbaum? Mm-hmm. I have. So the, w- one of the only sources really for Colisha is where Colisha is erva, to the man. So, I mean, we discussed all of that, but I don't know if I would use the word heter with Kolisha. I would say it's more of finding your comfort zone or the norms of your community. I would I would use maybe the word minhag, <laughs> minhaga makom. So I just I I just wanted to express my discomfort with the word heter because it sounds like every woman who wants to put her music out there needs a heter for it, which according to the research I've done and some of the research we've provided on the episode of Kolisha, is that a woman does not need a heter to sing. A man has the prohibition on him. The woman is not silenced from the Torah perspective. So I just wanted to clear that up just in case people who are listening to this episode haven't checked out the other episode. Or you might disagree with me and that's fine, but I just needed to explain myself because I can't (laughs) sit still and stay quiet.
1: No, that's fine. i think I think that um I think that you're right. but when when I actually turned to the rabbi, when I actually wrote him um, this mail, then I actually really explained what place um it's all coming from, you know, from really the place not not to be now uh, famous all over the world, and, you know, for people to know and say, "Wow, she has such a beautiful voice." No, that wasn't the point. The point was, that I do have original music and I do write and compose my music so I really want to bring out that message that I bring through my songs to more women and um and I do believe that everybody goes by their own um their own minhag or their own rabbi and there's shivim panim la torah there's like 70 you know but but still um this it's something that that had brought lots of light into my life because at the beginning i didn't have that okay to to go and put my music out so it was it was really hard for me to to watch and see how other singers do it. And I had to actually research how I could do it also. And that's why I actually turned to the rabbi because I didn't do it. Um, I didn't watch other singers put their music out and say, okay, if they're going to do it, then it's fine for me. also." No, I did go and I did ask, and I did, um, give some background to explain from what side it comes, it comes up to. So I think, um, when he gave me, it gave me a specific uh, assurance to do it, but there's still restrictions on how to do it. Uh, I know the the prohibition is for, for men and, you know, but still, if it's on media, then they don't really have um, the choice if they're going to hear you or not going to hear you. So that's why he said that, You know, if a man runs into one of the songs, at least there's not going to be a picture. And at least um, you're going to write that's called Isha. You know, there are still restrictions to what I'm doing. And I know other singers do something else. But this is what actually I chose that is right for me. And it's the right way for me. Um, But, you know, everybody takes it to their own you know, to their own place. For me to, to put something out is like a big deal after 10 years, after three CDs. Um, there are singers who start nowadays and it's like very obvious to them that they can put their music out. So I really had a hard time with that.
0: A hundred percent. And I'm happy we cleared that up. I know that you sing in lots of languages, including lots of Spartac languages, including Yemenite, Moroccan, Persian, Bukharian. <laughs> Don't forget Yiddish. And Yiddish. I, love that. I wouldn't say that's a Sephardic <laughs> language, <laughs> no.
1: No. But, which
0: is very impressive. I'm assuming you are of Sephardic background and the culture is very deep ingrained into you and into a lot of, well, definitely your musical expression and the culture and environment and probably the minhagamakoms that, minhaga that you're surrounded with. So I just, I'm curious, what are some of the culture differences and expectations? And how does that reflect within your musical career? Well,
1: actually, I think we have to remember one thing. Um, when I sang, I was actually, um, when, when I started singing, I, I grew up in the States. Um, I did go to, uh, from schools, and they were all Ashkenaz schools. So I did grow up on Hasidic music. So that sort of influenced me from from my schooling. But when I used to sing, I used to sing Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion. So I actually grew up on that. I didn't really grow up not on um, I'm half Yemenite and half Persian. I didn't really grow up on that kind of music. So let me
0: rephrase. Hold on. You uh, you say that you sing at the mikvah celebration things. The second you said that, that's when this question popped up. I really want to talk about that part of womanhood and something that's, I, I would say, very much lacking in the Ashkenazi culture. Okay, th- this is in my head, okay, the way it works. You turn bat mitzvah and suddenly you can't wear this, you can't touch this, you can't look there, you can't say this, you can't sing that. And then here, somehow, there's a different... And I'm sure there are tons of Ashkenazi out there who are going to write in after this and say, that's not my upbringing, or that's not how I feel, which I've gotten in the past. My best friend growing up, one of my best friends, was Fardy. And I know that some of the ideas or hashkafot, she was just brought up totally positive, different, completely different from how I felt. Not that I grew up in a negative environment, but I feel like the education... Attitude towards certain women, mitzvot and restrictions, or what however you want to phrase that, the attitude is different in Ashkenazi culture versus Sparty. So I'd <laughs> like to talk about that, and I'm assuming that probably helps you in the whole women's singing market. There are a lot more opportunities, perhaps. There's that camaraderie, and there's there's that idea of we go out, we support each other, and
1: I understand because because um- I actually come from both worlds, if you if you think about it, because my whole schooling is was um, it was like Ashkenaz teachers and 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 Ashkenazi friends, and so I grew up with that. But then on the other hand, what I had the traditions from home, then then I grew up with that. So I did grow up with both sides.
0: As someone who has access into both markets, what are the differences? The
1: Ashkenaz also um, community—you um, have to really know every little, like you know, part, and you have to really know the community in order to perform for them. Uh, you probably know what I'm speaking about. I don't know how to how to actually explain it, like all the different little. Yeah, you have to know the rules in order to perform, and. Um, and you know these communities, they they will take um, certain singers all the time. You know it's really hard to to get through to their seminars and and to perform there. But uh, when you come with a background and they see that okay, you might look spartic, but you know it, you come from from a similar background to them, and you sing the songs that uh, that they know and that they love, and you sing in Yiddish and, and in English and and all that. So but i think that um in the Sephardic community um when we do have these uh, uh minhagim and celebrations and china, and um, and now it became like a, this big trend of uh, of hafrashat of hal baking events and uh, um we we sing and you know we inspire and we empower women when we do the hafrashat chalav and uh, there's, like, dancing and music around it. And we make this mitzvah with, like, a whole new um, attitude to it, you know, that it should be with happiness and with singing. And and the singing actually opens up their hearts. And sometimes it's for women who are a bit far from keeping and fulfilling Torah and mitzvot. So um, there are more opportunities. But... Um, I do think that um, for me, because I do come from like both um, traditions, if we can say that, um, I grew up with with the Ashkenazi community, so it does open up the doors there, and it does open up the doors for me in the Sephardic community because I do sing uh, in Yemenite and I do sing like. Just like you said, in in Persian and Bukharian, I do lots of Bukharian um, events, bat mitzvot and and, uh, and kala and bridal kala showers in China. So there are more opportunities, but um I I do think it's like a more um, I, I think they accept it a bit more than than maybe Ashkenaz communities when you're a singer for women. You know, um, that's how I feel. But I haven't really I haven't really been thinking about it because, you know, I perform also on uh women's um um events where there are mixed crowds of Ashkenaz and Sephardic. so uh
0: what are those rules that you picked up on?
1: Um I think the dress code is a bit different. Um, I think the songs that you're gonna be singing are different. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, when you're on stage, you have to be uh, more, more classical, more um, down to earth. And when you're in the Sparta community, you know, when you, when you perform for the Sephardic, then you have to be more, uh, you know, upbeat and, you know, and um, it's more accepted to, to really dance and, and get free, <laughs> you know. Um but I, th- I think I respect both places. You know, um, I really do respect that place, and I think um, you could be classical and, and fun, and classical and professional. And um, I think that they want to hear more of their music. Um, like I sing more Avram Fried and Shweiki, and you know, in songs in Yiddish and and all that, more covers. Um, I think the other communities are more open to female singers who are also uh, singers and songwriters because we do have new songs to bring out to the world. And sometimes, you know, when it's not familiar, when they're not familiar with a the song, then they might like have the first time, you know, they're like, Okay, what is this now? (laughs) But I don't think it actually influenced my music because what really influences my music, I have all sorts of songs. I have a song that I sing in Hasidi, you know, Hasidi, and I have uh, a song that's like more, you know, Darbuka and more like uh, uh, the Middle Eastern feel to it. But um, I think my influences are from all the places I took something from the singers that I grew up on and the place where I grew up in and mixed it with the tradition and with the Spartac authentic, um, um, spicing. And I think that's what makes it so nice that each song has its own, you know, its own touch to it.
0: Beautiful. I really like how you described it. It brought me back to the memories in Moscow when we danced at the weddings. But, that we have a lot of Bukharian and Caucasian influences. So that's where we learned how to dance. It's You, you took me back to that. Also, God Elbaz, if you think about it, he's probably the most out there voice. I think the Ashkenazi, and I don't want to keep separating, but I think they're so much more conservative and safe. And it's like, come on, bring <laughs> us those voices. Give us, let, let it out.
1: Yeah, get free, you know. Um... I, I do agree with you, but I think there's o- also something very, very nice about that. I, I think it should be. I think it should be a mix of 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 both. You know, it, it should really be mixed of both. I think, uh, just like the Sephardic uh, uh, community is is open to hear um, Ashkenazi uh, singers, I think it should be also. Uh, a place for them to be more open to uh, different sorts in, of, of music, you know, and voices also.
0: I think it also should depend on if your voice is like Adele or a power source, if you have Khazan and got, you don't have to move. You could stand there like a pillar and your voice just moves Definitely. the entire room for you. I think most singers need to move and you have to have that more vibrant situation going on on stage and for me when i'm about to perform for a mainstream community and i and i'm told you know make sure you move appropriately i i just get uh, my my whole body freezes (laughs) from that i need to recover just from that comment you know now i know that that's what they expect
1: i think i've learned to read my crowd i think um you know you see the women. You see what kind of, of 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 crowd you have in front of you, and you understand where where you can you know get free a little more, and where you have to be more you know um, down to earth, and you know and and really sing and not move too much and all that. But um, but I like both of them, you know, because it gives you a variation in what you're doing. Um, to be one day here and to be the other day there. And then one time you're performing for them and for them. And then you show them each time a really different side of you. And I think that's what's beautiful about it all because you can one day be very you know, classical and stand on stage and, and just stand there and sing and really have your voice heard out. And then the other day you could be more, you know, um, the Sephardic music has lots more drums and lots more, lots of more beat into it. So you you can't really stand in place. It's just, you know, it just bursts out from you. You can't really stand in place and you want to move and you, you know, you want to go across the stage and, and, uh, it just makes you that, you know? So, um, but, but I do think it's, it's beautiful both ways. And I love doing both of them and, um, but I think I think the world has to be open to all kinds of music. I think now um, I don't know if I could say that like the goyish music music is um, actually entered our religious music, which is beautiful and I love it. And that's that's a place I took um, Yahalom, yeah, my new single, to like the funk, the upbeat, the you know um, the very like hip hop song but i placed really strong words on it to actually give the message out because i think we're starting to be more open about certain genres of 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 music and that's beautiful it's really beautiful it's starting it's starting (laughs) and i think i think i think lots of of male singers just like Benny Friedman and and um a few other singers um, that I can think of maybe like Elbaz is also um they started actually entering this uh, this kind of music and it gives it lots more space it's not when i became a balachuva you only had like Hasidish music you it, it was only Hasidi. you didn't have like a hip hop beat or, or like a funk beat to the songs or something that you can actually, you know, jump and dance to on bat mitzvah, you know? So, so I think it's starting to be more open world, um, to, uh, different kinds of sounds in music. And, um, and I, I really like it because I think that's, uh, what's also gonna keep our children listening to Jewish music and keep our girls and keep our boys wanting to hear Jewish music and not going and listening to other sorts of music because the music actually does something to them, you know? And um, But we're beginning to do that.
0: As Simchleiner said, Jewish music has always been influenced by outside music, meaning this Hasidic music you're referring to has also been influenced from... Wherever it came from. So nothing's authentically Jewish itself. Music has always been borrowed and influenced. And that's the way it works. And it inspires and everyone just keeps inspiring. It's like fire and the flame that keeps giving. Okay, so this has been such a lovely conversation. I just want to ask you if there's anything else we didn't touch upon yet that you wanted to talk about.
1: Um, no, just, just, um, hoping to um, come to perform in the States. Um, I do perform with my life story, which is called, uh, pathways to my dreams, uh, which is one of my, like one of the, of the biggest shows that I do perform with, um, here in Israel. Um, it's, uh, It's also for religious women and for balachuvah, or for those who are traditional and really tell my life story from the moment I was born till now, how I actually became uh, a from Orthodox singer for women and how I became a balachuvah. So it's a performance that I show pictures and videos from my past. And I sing throughout the whole show. Um, so we're working on it now to have me come to like a few places in the States. I have performed in the, in the States and I have performed abroad. Of course, um, I do it in English and in Hebrew if needed. And um, so so that's one thing that I think it's really important because aside from Um, having um, a good voice. And aside from being a songwriter and composer and doing only music, um, I do think I have a shlichut in what I do um, also to bring you know, women closer to Hashem and uh, by seeing and by hearing my life story, I think um, it really inspires them and it empowers them to actually go and fulfill their dreams, even if they think they are restricted by Al-Kha or any other um, reason. Maybe uh, women at, uh, you know, I heard uh, Rika's uh, interview also and she said, like, at the age of 40, she actually, you know, decided with eight children to to go and fulfill her dream. And that's what I actually tell women, because I started basically also at, at at an old age. You know, I started at the age of 32. And it was 10 years ago, and I had four children. Now, Baruch Hashem, I have five. And some women will say, okay, so I have talent, but it's too late to do something with it. And I say, no, okay, so maybe you won't make it a business. Maybe you won't have your whole life um, um, around this talent, but do go and do uh, fulfill that dream. If you know how to act, if you know how to sing, if you know how to dance, you know, there's lots of platforms today to actually fulfill um, our talents. And that's that's one of the messages I do um, I do pass when when I um, finish my life story when I finish the performance that's what I tell women don't don't give up if you know you're good and if you have something a, a message through your talent to give to the world then just go and do it you know otherwise you're gonna reach like the age of 70 and you're gonna be like oh what have I done all my life I didn't fulfill um, this talent, this present that Hashem actually gives us. And I think everyone comes to this world with with their potential and with their shlichut in life. So I think it's very important to be connected to yourself and to understand that maybe this talent is a part of your shlichut in your life. And I would really, really love to, have this message out to any woman or or girl actually or teenager who is gonna hear this podcast,
0: yeah, and we'll end with this. so what's your favorite part about what you do? What's your least favorite part? What do you hate most? It could be you know marketing, working with clients, whatever it is, and then what would you like to know more of
1: or get better at? well, you know when I was a little girl um Um, my father sent me to piano lessons and, um, that's, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of mad at myself that I didn't go through with it to know not only how to sing, but how to play something. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really glad that I have a Nav who like plays, Everything she like plays the guitar and piano and everything. So, so she gives me um, the answer to that. But that's something that I would have loved to learn more. Uh, which and do you pay her for that? Uh, we are we are actually partners in what is called In Bar Tabib. Um, We perform together. She's my sound woman. She's my manager. She takes care, Baruch Hashem, of all of uh, the speaking to clients and everything because, you know, when you're a mother of five and you have to sing in the evenings and sometimes we have shows in school in the morning and then you have to go perform also in the evenings and between that you have to you know make lunch and and be at home and help them with their homework so i can't get through to all of that and i think that's basically i do love speaking to people i really do and i think i'm good at it also but i can't manage everything by myself and especially when speaking actually strains the voice and I really have to keep my voice for, for, for performing and for singing. Um, what I do really, I, I less like working with, the, you know, with, the, um, all the marketing and all that, you know, sometimes I'm like, Hashem, just please let me just sing. Why do I have to do this? <laughs> you know? Um, but you understand that it it has to be a part of what you're doing because otherwise people will not, um, will not know my music and will not know who I am. So that's the part I like less, but I do it. And the part I love most is, um, is singing my original songs. Um, when I actually have a performance, then I do try to insert like two or three of my original songs. So that women will be um, affected by, you know, all the messages that I have to give to the world by my original songs. So, I think I love most actually singing my original songs, and I think any singer, composer, writer will will say the same thing. You know, it's good to sing covers, and you know, but I think the thing that makes me most happy is uh, is to sing is to sing my original songs. And, um, and I do want to, um, actually say that, you know, there are a lot of from male singers who can sing at a chuppah for the bride and groom. We can't do that. <laughs> so I think that the, the, these mikvah nights that, um, the bride comes from the mikveh and she's so pure and it's, it's such an exciting moment that when, when she comes back into that home or to the hall, wherever they're having this uh, mikvah party, to sing to the bride really, really excites me because I tell her, you know, I would have loved to be there at the wedding and sing to you when you come and, you know, when you're under the chuppah, but I can't. So if I have a chance to sing to a bride, then there's nothing more exciting than to do these evenings when you know that it's, it's not only singing it's also a very very special night that she's not going to forget as you know sometimes they tell me you know we had a better time at the, the mikveh when it was like all women and it was so intimate and it was so beautiful and then then like at the wedding you know you're so confused and everything goes by so fast that you can't really have a chance to enjoy yourself so um, i have to say that that's what I really love. Um, and and I just love what I do. i I think we can't really keep doing it for so many years and night after night and and having to a household to to also, you know, be a part of and and a wife and everything if you, yeah, you can't manage everything, but when you love what you're doing, um I have like this uh, this phrase in Hebrew that I say. I'm gonna try to translate it because everybody's like, "Oh, well, okay, you're fulfilling yourself. So what's with the children?" So I always tell them in Hebrew. It goes Adif ima shalem. It's it's um it's better off being a full mother when you're fulfilled with what you're doing. Okay, so you're half a day at home. It's better than being a half mother, a full day at home. So that's what I tell women. You know, okay, we have a big shlichut as mothers, as as wives, not Israel. But um, I think Hashem gives us these these talents now because geulah is women, and geulah is is the place where. Women take part just like in Itziat Mitzrayim, they took part of the Geulah. I'm sure now, Mashiach, um, we know that. So I think that's, that's our big part now in bringing Geulah to the world.
0: Wow, I feel like I'm sitting at your show already. <laughs> This has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Thank you
1: so much for having me. You know, the first show I have to, I have to mention Ariella, um, the violinist, because your first show, she was on it. And she performs with me also, Ariella, and I love her and I love performing with her. It's always so exciting and, you know, such great vibes and energy on stage when she's with me. Um, and then uh, that's the first time I actually saw the, uh, heard the the podcast and I did hear other shows and I think what you're doing is great and I'm wishing you the best of luck and thank you so much for for having me and for having um, this platform to actually you know interview us and and for other women to get to know us. It's not you know it's such a great thing. And I wish you bracha and atzlecha with whatever you thank do you. And with your beautiful music and uh, original music. I have to I have to say <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of of singers who really go that way um and not only sing covers so thank you so much for having me
0: thanks so much for listening until the end next week stay tuned for an episode with Shoshana Keats Jaskal. I am so excited for this interview also as I've mentioned before I have a new music video slash new song being released next week in time for Hanukkah and I'll be making a special ringtone for you that you will be able to download for free So this is just a small token of appreciation for listening to this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other show on this podcast, I encourage you to share this podcast with a friend. And of course, you can leave an iTunes, Apple Podcasts review. However, sharing with a friend is more effective in getting this show out there and spreading the love, sharing these stories. Stay warm wherever you are and see you next time.